Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Chop, chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's a beautiful day. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Rise and shine, nerds. We hope you've got your coffee, because it's time for our brand new morning show for Love Thy Nerd and anyone who finds themselves at the cross-section of nerd culture and church culture. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources for Love Thy Nerd. And I'm Daedra, and I was born without a belly button. <laughs> Later in the show, we're talking about church culture and nerd culture and other times they have crossed paths in a confrontational way. But first, my wife and I have been married for 18 years. We've been through a lot in that time, and so that proves to us that we're pretty much experts. So we are going to help the young married couples of Reddit by answering some of their questions. We got one today. Okay. <laughs> Here is a story about the subreddit known by the acronym AITA, but since we're watching our profanity on this Christian nerd podcast, we'll call this Am I the Jerk? Am I the Jerk? Okay. okay. So you can guess what the other A stands for if you're unaware, <laughs> but we're just going to use Jerk. All right. So here's the question, the title of the post. Am I the jerk for picking my wife up from the airport 10 minutes late? Okay. But there's a story. Okay. Let's read the story. Like, do I decide yet? or Not yet. Okay. You can have your official, <laughs> you can have your initial thoughts, but all right, here's what happened. My wife was due to fly into one of the most popular airports in the world last night at around 9 PM. Her landing time was 8:50 PM. No checked luggage. So I told her I would be there at 9 PM. At about 8.05 p.m., she apparently started calling my phone, but unfortunately, I didn't see or hear the calls until 8.15. This is because, like her, I keep my iPhone with a little silent switch on at all times so that it just vibrates. I didn't hear the vibration because I had my gaming headset on and was gaming and talking with friends. Keep in mind, I wasn't expecting any calls from her until she landed. When I finally realized she was calling me, I looked at my phone by chance. I picked it up. And she told me that her plane had landed early in this airport. That's kind of unheard of. And she told me to leave now. I said, okay, I'll see you soon. And I hung up. So this is where the am I the jerk comes in. I thought it was fine to finish my online match. And I left the house 10 minutes later. <laughs> I drove to the airport and there was a ton of traffic as usual and as expected. And I didn't pull up to get her and her friend, uh, I didn't pull up to where her and her friend were waiting until about 9.05. So as fate would have it, it was pretty much the original time we had planned on picking her up. To make a long story somewhat shorter, my wife sprung the fact that we had to bring her friend home on me, which, uh, uh, home on me, sorry, bring her friend home as well, uh, which I was fine with. They lived a few minutes away and everything was fine until after we dropped the friend off. Then my wife showed me how upset she was that I 
quote, made her wait an extra 10 minutes and that there was, quote, a huge difference between waiting 30 minutes and waiting 40 minutes. At first, I kind of laughed it off and tried not to be upset at her. Uh, back at her. Uh, but instead I was thinking, uh, hello, I'm doing you a favor by driving you to the airport and picking you up in the first place. Why are you getting upset over waiting 10 minutes longer than you wanted when people sometimes wait hours to be picked up at the airport? Eventually we had a little back and forth about it. And I was just sick of arguing over something so small to me and wanted to just agree to disagree. And my wife was also sick of talking to me and I wasn't going to apologize. So I went to sleep. Am I the jerk? I feel like this isn't an apology-worthy event. You can't just land almost an hour early and expect your driver, even if they're your husband, to drop everything they're doing and come pick you up immediately. Uh, and then he had a uh, edit to it as well. He says, I was not aware of the fact that you could track arrival times of flights after they left the departing location. That's my bad. I'll do better in the future. Also, someone said I'm a jerk for not missing my wife. She was gone for one night. I did not miss her in the true sense of the word, LOL. <clears throat> so. Missing. I guess they took it as you didn't miss her right, enough because you didn't you rush, waited. To, the, <laughs> you didn't rush to the airport to get you her. You should have been at that airport by 7 p.m. <laughs> waiting on her. With flowers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess what this comes down to is, is he the jerk for finishing his game for 10 minutes extra before coming? Once finding out that she had been calling saying, hey, it's early. Let's go. Come on. We got to get here. Right. Right. Is any of it really his fault? I, like, I, can, I can understand if you're in a game and you're like, we got another half hour on this campaign. So let's just finish all this up. 10 minutes, I feel like, approaches the, this is the reasonable, like, hey, I, I am playing a game with people who are expecting me to be here, and let's just maybe wrap up this, I don't know what they were playing, but let's wrap up this one stage or level or boss or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. get this one last bit done, and then I got to bounce kind of thing, instead of leaving all of his friends hanging. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with this one. Now, KY makes a point says, without giving her the, hey, I'm going to be 10 minutes later than that notice. Uh, I mean, I get that. I get that maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe saying, I'll leave I as think. soon as I can. Uh, <laughs> Got to wrap this up first. If he Something was like intentionally not telling her because he knew she would be upset by it, you know. If Maybe he knew in his head he was going to finish that game, but he's not going to tell his wife on the phone because she's going to be mad, you know. Right. I think it would be a different situation if he was like pooping. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, I'll, I'll leave as soon as I can, but I got to finish some business here. That's I mean, true. <laughs> she would have been more forgiving. She would have been more forgiving. But yeah. also, but okay, my, my other situation in this is that he's saying it's one of the busier airports. I'm assuming we're talking Denver, Dallas, LAX, something like that. You know, one of those really super dang busy. There's constant nonstop traffic in that thing. So you're, it's a crapshoot how long it's going to take you to get to that spot anyway. Right, the fact that Ten he got there doesn't seem like enough <laughs> of a of a distinction. Well, my thing is he got there at nine oh five, 
which tells me, and he knew it was a busy airport, and he knew there was going to be traffic. That tells me he he should have. He should have left at eight anyway. Yeah, he should have already <laughs> planned to leave earlier because you didn't even make the first time you told her. You'd That's true, there. right? Yeah, even leaving a you little know? earlier, you still got there five minutes later than you originally yeah. planned. I get it. So how late yeah. would you have been? Right. Had you been the normal time? Right. Uh, Jam Reedy says, uh, "Granted, I'm single, but I feel like regardless, she's the one traveling, and traveling is always a bit rough, and he should apologize." <laughs> <laughs> Look, one thing that you'll realize in marriage is the husband should always apologize, uh, whether he's wrong or not. But that's, that's that's actually a really good, um, a really good point is that he didn't plan this right from the beginning. Right. He should have left a lot earlier already. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, I guess the question, though, becomes, is is he a jerk for this, or is it just Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's the jerk. I don't think there mm-hmm. is a jerk in this situation, honestly. I don't and, think the wife's really at fault. She might be getting a little, a little upset over 10 minutes that I think would have been give or take anyway, mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. a busy airport, mm-hmm. and 10 minutes is nothing. When you're waiting, I mean, we've waited at airports a solid hour or two before mm-hmm. waiting for our dang bus or Uber or whatever to show up because it's just so filled up with people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think this is poor planning. Poor planning <laughs> on his far- part and uh, maybe not enough understanding on her part, given the fact that they were super early and he hadn't planned for that in advance anyway. Right. Yeah. And they're also both dumb for not having their ringer on. I'm sorry. I understand. (laughs) I understand that we live in a society where everybody's starting to just do the buzz thing because people don't want to hear ringers. But look, if you can't consistently answer that phone when it's buzzing because you don't hear it or because it's nowhere near you. That's on you. That's on you. (laughs) Turn that ringer on. I got a loud ringer on mine because I don't want to miss a phone call. (laughs) So I have headphones on all the time. (sighs) Yeah. Meanwhile, my wife never remembers to turn it off. Yeah. Silent from church. Or work. Or work. And Mm -hmm. so it's always like... I just got to make her phone flash as much as possible until it catches her peripheral vision. <laughs> it's real bad now because my, my old phone had the nice little LED light indicator that would tell oh, like me the, I had something like the, waiting. Was it the... Oh, no, it just had like a little blink thing at the top. Yeah. That's yeah, it would just blink green, that, yeah. little tiny yeah, light, yeah, blink yeah. green. And so if I glanced and I saw it, I thought, oh, I have a notification. But now it doesn't... My new phone doesn't have that. And so... I can go hours without mm-hmm. even looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, J.M. Reedy says his attitude is a bit jerky because he's refusing to apologize. Yeah, I yeah. could take that. Yeah. Yeah, like, you could say I'm but sorry. It, but it doesn't, yeah. also, it doesn't really also <laughs> say that she's demanding an apology. You know? Yeah. She's just saying, well, that was screwed up what you did. <laughs> you just sat there and finished your game. There's a huge difference between 30 and 40 minutes. I don't think there really is a huge difference between 30 and 40 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I can also see that pressure also of, 
you're it's not just you waiting like it's your friend and you you don't want to inconvenience your friend you're like oh, i'm so sorry he's so late <laughs> kind of thing you know that kind of pressure that social pressure that we have well and did i don't his story doesn't really say if she mentioned the friend with her on the phone or if it was yeah well it actually it says well, it says that she didn't mention that they'd be taking her home. So I guess she did not mention that her friend would have to be waiting as well. Yeah. He probably knew that they were flying together, but I don't, it sounds like he didn't know that they would both be. Yeah. So if she had said <laughs> her friend was maybe waiting with her, maybe, maybe he would have, wouldn't have finished his game. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, I think uh, with all these things in consideration, neither of them are the jerk. It was just a. It was just life, life, life happening. Yeah. That's just a, you know what? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about it. That's how things work sometimes. Not everything's perfect mm -hmm. ever. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to stop right there and take our first break. When we come, no, nope, I'm doing it for the third day in a row. <laughs> we're going to do it too. Ah. <laughs> Hold on. Tristan says, finish your game and then blame being late on bad traffic. Right. Yeah. He didn't have to tell her that he finished the game. Like, do you see all these cars here? I'm. I'm I would have been here me? in 30 minutes, but I had to finish my game in 10. Like, how did that even come up that he finished his game? Did he immediately tell her? Why are you 10 minutes later than I thought you were going to be? Were you playing your game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the story's not adding up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to stop it right there and take our first break. But when we come back, we've got today's nerdy news story. Hello, everyone. I'm Danessa McPherson, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing the upcoming Kickstarter game coming to Kickstarter June 6th, Gate Zero, created by BibleX. You can find updates of the game in the Kickstarter campaign by following BibleX Game on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, or you can visit the BibleX.io website or GateZero.game. This Bible exploration game starts out in 2072 AD, where there is an age limit set on the Bible, and it is considered an irrelevant book. The character you play, Max, meets up with the doctor, whose name is Hector, and he tells Max a story about how his grandma would talk about Jesus' love for his people, and that there has to be some way to help their current situation. Hector has created a time machine which takes you to Jerusalem during the time of Passover to find Jesus and to learn what you can about him and his disciples. The gameplay was amazing and the details blew my mind as I made my way to the first challenge, which was the Golden Gate. On the way, I had my first opportunity for a mini game, which involves saving lambs that had escaped before the wolf eats them. The mini games add an element to the game because more people can join in the game on their devices and help to quickly solve the puzzle. After that, I continued toward the Golden Gate. It was amazing because there were palm branches still laid out from when Jesus arrived. 
I started further exploring and investigating, distracting guards and running into a couple of disciples, which were Peter and Judas. I was fascinated by the details and how realistic the game really is. It feels like you are in those times solving age-old riddles and puzzles and finding out the story that has been lost to Max's time. This game brings the Bible to life in a new and exciting way. It shows the disciples as they are human and adds an element that I've only seen in this game. I'm excited to see how different people, both believers and non-believers, play and interact with this game. I feel that it is going to be an amazing tool to help teach youth and young adults more about the Bible in an interactive way. I would highly recommend visiting the websites and watching the trailers that are available across YouTube and other social media outlets. Also, don't forget to check it out on Kickstarter June 6th. Join in and give them your support. That's all for this review. Once again, I am Danessa McPherson inviting you to hang out with me on Instagram at faith underscore love underscore and underscore bookstagram or on YouTube at Bless This Messy Life. and shine nerds ltn's brand new morning show and there are four ways that you can experience our show we know you can't always catch our show when it premieres and while it's a personal insult to us we've got you covered you can subscribe to our podcast just search rise and shine nerds on your favorite podcast app and of course all of our videos are available on youtube uh anytime that you want to watch them so uh, we just did a, a reddit based thing in our first segment let's talk more about reddit here for our nerdy news segment uh, as of today, the recording uh, day, which was uh, Saturday, for those of you watching on Wednesday, the uh, if you haven't heard of the, the the Reddit drama going on right now, Reddit has been around for a long time, very very long time. It is an internet staple, and with Google being more and I'm sorry, less and less reliable, a lot of people who need like some sort of question answered or need some advice or something tend to Google and then search immediately for Reddit results, or they'll just go to Reddit immediately Hmm. Uh, because there is a subreddit on literally everything that exists and usually several people with a lot of experience in those subreddits. (sighs) And because it's been around so long and because it's such a big website, uh, it's, it's hard to get an app that works perfectly for the website and Reddit's own app is famously difficult to use. Hmm. Uh, there's some people I think that navigate it fine, but like when you, when you really start jumping around and moving and especially if you're like a moderator for it or whatever, there's very, it's very limited. Like whenever I hit a link, a Google link for a Reddit question, it always pops up at the bottom. Do you want to open this in Reddit or continue in Chrome? And I'm like, mm. I will continue in Chrome. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> I do not want to use the, the Reddit app. Uh, and so because of that, there have been other third party apps that have come out. Uh, uh, Apollo, Reddit is fun, a couple more that some of them are made to help moderators 
do their job on the phone instead of making them have to go to the PC to get a lot of the stuff done. Some of them are just making Reddit more easily readable. And so all they're doing is they're taking what's already on the main Reddit website and just pulling it in hmm. uh, to read in an easier format. There's several apps that do that. Uh, for different websites, different things. One of the things that pops in my mind is Pocket. Pocket is a, an app extension you can use on uh, Google Chrome or whatever that'll take a you know a very busy article page with a thousand ads and whatever, and and just copy pull all the text in so you can just read it like one simple sheet of paper. It makes it very easy. Uh, well, Reddit has decided. Out of nowhere, and after, I don't know, over a decade, I think, of these apps existing, that they're going to charge them, mm-hmm. I think it was 24 cents for every 100 times information is pulled in by a user. Now, I don't know if that means like every time a user opens the app at all, or if it means every... Link you click on, every search you make counts as one of those impressions. But that would essentially tally up to millions upon millions of dollars a month Wow! for these apps. And so they're all closing down. Like they're they're just all shutting doors. Like, all right, we can't do this. Not going to be able to afford it. And people, especially people who moderate Reddit, who are on Reddit a lot, are upset (laughs) because it's come out of nowhere and it doesn't seemingly have a purpose uh i don't i mean i can i can kind of understand that the ads maybe they're not getting as many ad impressions on their app as they would have but i mean there's got to be other ways around that or i mean a smaller fee something to cover that you know but to to go so far as to like, no, this is going to be a, a, a rated thing, and we're just going to charge you so much money to exist. Or you can use our garbage app. Uh, <laughs> so people are upset about that, obviously, wow. uh, which you would be. I, I guess it's it, it's kind of got the feeling of, like, Netflix password sharing. How, for years, Netflix was like, we're fine with it. Because they saw, like, results of, like, this brought more people yeah. to Netflix. Mm. And eventually, they will buy their own. And that's that was the trend. Mm-hmm. But now there were so many people password sharing. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm, nah, we're going to start charging you no for an extra house uh, <laughs> every time. Uh, kind of out of nowhere. And that obviously made a lot of people upset. And that's going to turn people away from Netflix. I mean, it already has. A lot of people are like, all right, we just don't need Netflix then. Right. Uh, and right. I feel like the same thing is true here. Having apps that are easy to use are bringing more people to Reddit. I think that's going to translate to more people actually joining Reddit and using it on their PCs, where it's perfectly, you don't need another app for that. You just Mm -hmm. go to Reddit. Like, I think that's going to bring those people in. If you make it more difficult for people to look on their phones, they're like, well, this isn't worth the time and energy I'm putting into it. Right. Um, You typically try something out. On your phone. Of course. Yeah, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not maybe not when Reddit began, but certainly now. Yeah. And Uh, also, it's been around so long. Why haven't they made their app better? Right. Exactly. That's that's (laughs) where we're at. It's it's you can understand. I can understand wanting users to use your app, but when your app is subpar, 
make it better before you make this ultimatum. Right. Like right. make it something that people want to use. You know it's possible yourself, to make it better. Why are people not using <laughs> our app? <laughs> it's so it's this kind of like I think they're getting their business advice from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's happened since then, I guess I didn't read the actual headline here, but what's happened since then is a lot of the subreddits uh, especially some of the bigger ones, have gone from public Reddits where people can, anybody can search them, mm -hmm. to private or even closed. Private would mean that like, you have to like message somebody to get in, like you'd have to ask to be a part of it, or closed where everybody that's in it, those are the only people that are ever going to be in it mm. until we change this. Wow. So you can't even request to join. And so it's essentially been blacking out. So about 8,000 um, subreddits blacked out completely like just nobody else can see it nobody can search it um we're gonna make reddit basically useless for a while hmm. uh and as of the recording there's still more than five thousand subreddits that are still blacked out because they had an end date they had a planned end date we were, they were going to do it for a few days but having not a single word being said from reddit or any kind of concession or anything they're like well we're just gonna keep going then Wow. So, wow. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's going to be weird. I use Reddit a lot. I don't go there and like search around, but like when I have questions for stuff like tech problems or anything like that, that's usually the first place I go. That's where you go. Even medical problems. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go to Reddit first. I'll go to Reddit before I go to WebMD. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> right now. Because that's where you're going to get people, you know what? I had that kind of weird growth too. And here's what I did. <laughs> Let's take one more break. When we come back, we're going to continue this week's main topic, the crossroads of church and nerd cultures. Since I last heard A sound from you resembling a word I wish I'd never ask you to leave How could I've been so naive Will you ever break the silence To hear your voice again Will I ever feel your romance To warm my soul within Will you ever break the silence To hear your voice again Will I ever feel your romance To warm my soul within Heaven come down, heaven ring down Heaven come down over me
ever break the silence to hear your voice again? Will I ever feel your romance to warm my soul within? Will you ever break the silence to hear your voice again? Will I ever feel your romance to warm my soul within? Heaven come down, heaven rain down. Heaven come down. To rise and shine nerds ltn's brand new morning show this week we are talking about church culture and nerd culture where the relationship between the two broke down and how we can work to repair it we're talking about the church uprising against DD. uh we did that on monday harry potter was on tuesday and there's actually an older event that wasn't sparked by the church but it was certainly expanded by it this was in the mid 50s uh, society was starting to have problems with comic books there was too much blood too much Gore, scantily clad females, usually in a jungle somewhere. Uh, there was no real regulations keeping kids from buying comics with adult content. So the Comics Code Authority was established in 1954. Uh, Dr. Frederick Wortham's book, Seduction of the Innocent, accused all comics of promoting delinquency and disregard for authority in children. He made this conclusion by asking young delinquents if they read comics, to which many responded yes. Again, it's that specious reasoning of, well, all of you have this one thing in common, so it must be the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh at the time, comics were so common and widespread for children that this would be like asking a kid in America today if they know what an iPad is. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, so at the time, there was also a series of Senate hearings on the relation of uh, comics to crime. Uh, but they did not uh, arrive at the conclusion that comics caused more crime. However, apparent protests, uh, involvement of the Catholic Church, and general fearfulness around how media influenced children caused the creation of the self-censorship body, the Comics Code Authority. Uh, so this caused the major comics producer, include, producers, including Marvel and DC Comics, as well as publishers like Archie Comics, uh, to create their own self-governing body to make things kid-friendly. It wasn't really like a rating system. Uh, like, there wasn't like, you know, this is okay for up to this age and up right. to this age. Uh, it was just like, you have to have this seal of approval on your comic book. Uh, so it would be on the cover. It would be this little stamp said, approved by the comics uh, oh, code okay. authority. Okay. <laughs> if you uh, if you wanted your comics in comic shops, you had to have that seal because comics came from third-party distributors back then. Mm. They wouldn't ship those comics if they didn't have the seal on them. Wow. Okay. But in the 2000s, it became more and more common for publishers to ship directly to mm. comic shops instead, mm -hmm. going around the distributors. And so publishers slowly started abandoning the comics code authority. DC and Marvel were among some of the last to hold on to it. Uh, but as of 2011, Archie Comics was the final publisher, and they put the final nail in the coffin when they announced they were going to be leaving the Comics Code Authority as well. Wow. Uh, so since then, comics uh, comics are certainly more lax, uh, but usually the more adult comic books are at least marked 18 plus or like kept on high shelves or something. You know, there's usually something to at least distinguish the the more adult uh, comics. 
<laughs> but uh, this does remind me of the rise of the rating systems on TV and video games that happened when we were kids. Do you remember when that started coming up? I thought they were already on there. Really? <laughs> that was when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we had, um, I think it was, I think the video games one came first. I don't remember. They were very close to each other. Mm -hmm. But I remember when video games started having ratings on them. And I'm pretty sure it was around the time the N64 came out. Maybe slightly before that. But there were more and more comics with, I mean comics, more video games with uh, adult content in them. Or some of them had varying levels of violence. Mm -hmm. And so they had ones, they had labels for like early childhood, uh, E for everyone, which I think originally was K through A, kids through adults. Uh, they eventually added everyone 10 plus to it. And then they had like, I think it just jumped straight to mature. There might have been a middle one in there. Hmm. But uh, I remember that being a new thing. Like it was in the corner of every cover of the video game, a blockbuster or Hollywood video or whatever. And... The TV show stuff was, I also remember that coming into place. Like, there were no ratings on TV shows. And then all of a sudden, we had, you know, why, you know, TVY, TVY7, mm -hmm. TVY4, or TV14, you know, all mm -hmm. these things. And then, like, the little descriptors on the, of why they're rated this way. And mm -hmm. we've got violence or fantasy violence or mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat also helped. Yeah. Mortal Kombat was a big <laughs> driver of those rating systems for video games. Oh, gosh. And they're still, to this day, I watched the trailer for the new Mortal Kombat that's coming out, and it is the goriest thing <laughs> I've ever seen from that franchise. There's one... Ugh, I just, I'm not even going to describe <laughs> it. It's so terrible. I love the Mortal Kombat series, but I really could do without the hyper-realistic gore of the later series here. Just, whew, it's a bit much. Having just like a spray of blood from a 2D avatar back in the original ones where you're just fighting, you know, yeah. flatly. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. That wasn't That's nearly different. as bad as just like crushing someone's skull through their eyes or something like that. Like it's gross stuff. That they're doing. Gross. Gross. Still love me some Sub-Zero though. Uh, <laughs> so is it... Is it a bad thing? Like, is it a bad thing to have ratings systems? No, and that I I would say it's more for the parent again mm -hmm. to to know. I know that Eli is getting into comic books, and he has those um, uh, the encyclopedia that just like we is got the, the yeah pictures he's got both of those encyclopedias yeah of oh, and I'm like some of these ladies need to. <laughs> That's for the pretty standard uniform. thing. Yeah. I, and that's what thing. I don't like about uh, the comics is is the ladies wear. Yeah. <laughs> for my impressionable nine-year-old, you know. Yeah. I that's get just that a completely. bit much. So. It's a bit much. Or a bit not enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a reasonable thing to have ratings. I know there was. there's always been this argument of it's kind of like censorship. Uh, you know, it's 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 putting a putting a blockade against art you know like and and if you want a nine-year-old <laughs> to watch what you're making make it appropriate for the nine-year-old right. um but that's i mean that's the idea it's always been censorship versus protecting children and so i know when we were 
like just married, there was a company called Clean Flicks, where oh, yeah. they would mm-hmm. sell, they would they would they would take DVDs, they would edit out all the bad stuff, mm-hmm. like edit out the cuss words, edit out everything, uh, and then they would sell the edited version of those DVDs. Now this came, this everyone was upset about that because mm-hmm. that was. First of all, now you're selling the movie and you're making the money from the movie. Like mm-hmm. you're not giving any of that money to us. So totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were more upset that they were altering the artwork of the director or the creator or whatever. Mm-hmm. The same thing arose with VidAngel. Now VidAngel still exists and you can still use it, I think right now, only on Netflix. Where you can stream something through VidAngel, you still have to have a Netflix account though, and then you have to have a VidAngel account. And the VidAngel will cut out all the swear words or to whatever level you don't want to see or hear things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can watch that cleanly. But they started out trying to do that with every streaming service or, you know, have have a streaming service of their own similar to CleanFlix. And I can see the problem with that. You want to protect children. You want to watch watch things that are appropriate, or you want to show them something that you love, but you don't want them to see like something you didn't know was in there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that we we had this when we were kids. It was called watching a movie that was played on TV because yeah. they cut everything out because yeah. they had to make it fit for TV, and mm-hmm. so we recorded it in our VHSs, and that was the version of the movie that we knew. Yep. And then we grew up and we watched the movie, and we're like, oh, I don't remember all these f words. <laughs> Oh, that, that's not what did Sam movie. Jackson just say? <laughs> I thought he said monkey flipping. What is happening here? <sighs> so I remember that liar, 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 yeah, liar, liar. It, yeah, it my parents of, had it recorded on the VHS. And had a lot of sexual it. jokes and cuss words in that movie and too. All kinds of inappropriateness had been taken out of it. <laughs> And so we kind of, as uh, as parents ourselves now, this generation, our generation, wants to have that option, but mm-hmm. we don't anymore because that no. doesn't happen. <laughs> you, there's no, there are no movies played on TV that you're watching anymore. Who has cable anymore? Very little people. Right. Only people that like sports. Right. And even then, most TV channels that are playing movies are either dedicated to playing movies, and so they don't have to follow a rating system. Right. They're not on you know, basic cable or whatever, mm-hmm. or if they are on basic cable, they're just going to play it after 10 PM, mm-hmm. you know, and then play whatever they want. So you can't even get the, the censored versions anymore. I don't feel like aside from just a few certain things. Um, my dad watched saving private Ryan on TV last night. <laughs> I was like, what year is it? <laughs> I mean, how do you censor that? That's like, uh, there was a downloaded a, a version. Somebody had edited the original Deadpool movie. <laughs> So it didn't was have it two minutes words. long. Yeah, that's exactly what everybody said. It was like, okay, so you watched a 15 minute movie then, because what else could you have done? <laughs> uh, I mean, I still, I enjoyed it. It was fun. But I even, gosh, that even wasn't that long ago. And I remember us get everybody getting real upset about that movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Like even we uh, at Back Row Online back then were like publishing a thing like, hey, parents, Deadpool's not like every other superhero movie. Don't take your kids to Deadpool. Right. And I still stand by that. But like now I feel like there's tons of kids that have already seen it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's such a mm, we didn't do a good job there. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be <laughs> we shouldn't be normalizing this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so we've had more and more 
superhero movies that have come out that are a little bit more adult mm-hmm. and he's testing those waters a little bit more and more. Yep. It's difficult. It's difficult to not want that kind of censorship. So I, from that standpoint, as a believer who is raising his kids and who doesn't want his kids to be, you know, influenced by, um, you know, the, the ne- negative aspects of the stuff, but also doesn't want our kid to miss out on everything. Mm-hmm. I have those same problems, those same desires. I think that parents had, when all these other things in the past were coming up, the comic books, the Dungeons and Dragons board game kind of thing, video games, all this stuff, as mm-hmm. Harry Potter, as all this stuff has come out and become very popular, especially among children, you have that desire of like, look, if they love this stuff, I want them to play it, but I also don't, or, you know, see it, do it, whatever, but I also don't want them to get sucked in by it or get exposed to inappropriate stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I can, I can kind of sympathize with the idea of, Nah, let's just ban that stuff full out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we don't even have to worry about it. Right. Uh, it might be a bit of a lazy approach to it because you're not, at that point, you're not doing your research, uh, I think. I think you're just like, eh, if it even touches on that, let's nope out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, I just, we have the, we have the idea of you and I watching movies before we let our kids watch it. And I think that's the right move because there have been a couple that we've seen. We're like, you know what? I don't think this is appropriate. Yep. Yep. Um, And I'm sad that we have to do that with children's movies as mm -hmm. well. Even children's TV series. Mm -hmm. That is because they want to sneak a lot of stuff in. Yep. So uh, you got to pre-watch. We don't really have to do. You don't really have to do that with the children's stuff. It's okay. But I'm pretty sure. to it as they get older. So much more. I'm pretty sure Eli is probably the only third grader now going into fourth grader who hasn't watched a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't seen any of the Marvel all movies. All his friends yeah. have seen all the Marvel movies. And, you know, the only one he's seen is Into, into the Spider-Verse. Yet. He hasn't seen MCU. He's seen mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and Teen Titans Go to the Movies. And he loves both of those. <laughs> Uh, but I can't even let him watch the new Into the Spider-Verse yet because it's got cursy words in it. Yeah. And I'm like, why? You didn't have any in the first one. It was perfectly fine. You didn't need to do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't understand. This is it's clearly that, a movie for kids. Yeah. It's that line it too, of, yeah. Oh, we want to appeal to t- adults. And that means add curse words. Why? Yeah. Well, also, why is that what appeals to adults? Right. I don't why, understand. Why... Why is it going to make my movie experience better if you say the F word all through it? Mm-hmm. How does that help me? Also, that just reminds me of those movies that it's nothing but the F word. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one that comes to mind is the Felum 1, 2, 3. It was like that John Travolta movie. That. With the yeah. uh, underground uh, tram system or whatever being taken yeah. over. And it was like every other sentence was just littered with the f word i'm like they said it like 87 times mm-hmm. each scene and i'm like i can't follow the dialogue <laughs> <laughs> i'm being assaulted every five seconds yeah. i don't understand the necessity this doesn't make it more real for me yeah i, <laughs> I can enjoy a movie without the curse words yeah oh man 
uh, I remember coming out of the theater for Deadpool and immediately ran into a ladies group from our church going, what did you see? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the passion, is the passion of the Christ play? <laughs> I think the same one you're the going what did to you see. see? What did what? You see? Courageous. Yeah. That's what I came out of. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Prayer closet. Oh, what was that movie about the prayer closet? Prayer warrior. Warrior. <laughs> no, it was the lady that was had the prayer closet. It's like there was a marriage, it was falling apart, but her mom or yeah, it wasn't a prayer warrior. It wasn't a prayer warrior, was it? War room. War room. War there room. we go. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> See, you're not all bad. <laughs> so, bottom line, Christians want to experience the same things, but at the same time, they want to protect their families. So, fearing things like D and D and Harry Potter that has magic spells and monsters, it's hard to blame us sometimes for going overboard. Uh, but fear is always the driving force. That's the problem. It's always based on fear, which uh, then what, where it crosses the line is when they turn that fear into like a self-righteous thing. So that's when we get to the book burnings and that's mm. when we get to the, mm -hmm. the chick tracks and things like that. Fear shouldn't be the driving force. Um, but when you get to that self-righteous point, you, it then becomes, it doesn't become like, is this you know, morally okay, is there any value to this? It becomes, I present myself as morally right. How can you argue against me and God, by the way, in my <laughs> corner? And when it when you face somebody who likes Harry Potter, plays D&D &D mm -hmm. or whatever, and you have that mindset about what they like, that's all that you're thinking of, and that's all mm -hmm. you're responding to. You're not thinking about their soul. You're not thinking about their salvation. You're not thinking about fellowship with that person. You're not thinking about bringing them into the fold. You're thinking about, hey, you are a sinner because mm -hmm. you like that thing and you're going to hell. So just thought you should know and walk away. Right. Because that's what Jesus did, right? He went much. around <laughs> and he said, you're bad. You need to stop this before I'm friends with you. The only people no. that Jesus <laughs> talked to that way. <laughs> directly were the religious people <laughs> just yeah. for the record now when he spoke to crowds sometimes he would be you know more straightforward but when it was a you know, like a one-on-one -on -one thing the only people that he ever called vipers you know got up in their face flipped their tables were the religious people doing the things they weren't supposed to be doing mm -hmm. the people that were all that were lost or the people that were you know into you know, this debauchery or that he talked to as people mm -hmm. and showed them a better way. Mm -hmm. So let's do that. Hey, huh? <laughs> hey. <laughs> tomorrow we're going to talk about where we go from here. Uh, but for today we're out of coffee, so we got to get going. But before we go, let's uh, get our verse of the day. Matthew eighteen ten. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And with that, Wednesday is in the bag. 
Thank you for joining us for Rise and Shine, nerds. We want to invite you to get behind the scenes by joining our LTN Discord community. Once you've joined over at lovethynerd.com slash Discord, simply go to the channels and roles section and click on Rise and Shine, nerds to gain access to it. You can help us plan shows and segments and even be on the show yourself on occasion. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the Love Thy Nerd YouTube channel so you don't miss an episode. And tell us what you think of the show via our socials at Rise and Shine LTN on Facebook and Twitter. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. I'm Deidre. And as always, a reminder. Jesus loves you, nerds.